Hello and welcome to uh, Small Groups Big Change. Today I'm joined by Janet Chapman, who is the Campaigns Manager for Tanzania Development Trust. And today we're going to talk about Maboni Ya Vijana. Hi, Janet. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So my first question is, um, what does Maboni Ya Vijana mean and how does it relate to the organization's purpose? Okay, it means, uh, in Swahili, it means the eyes of the youth. So mm -hmm. it's a youth-run um, organization in a very small village, um, remote village in western Tanzania called Zeze, um, which is near the <clears throat> border with Burundi. And Boni Avijana was set up by somebody called Benedicto um, mm -hmm. around three years ago um, as a youth group that wanted to empower um, the community. Um, his village, where, where they live, is extremely poor. Um, it has huge issues of, with access to water. Um, it's about 40 miles from grid electricity, and very few people have solar. So he um, graduated from the Institute of Rural Development Planning, went back to his village, and was determined to change things there by enabling young people to get involved and that's what they're doing. Okay, so did um, did Benedicto reach out to you first or did you reach out to him first or how did that start? <laughs> <laughs> I met him in a very random way um, mm -hmm. when I was in Tanzania for Tanzania Development Trust because mm -hmm. he had been communicating with um, some people online about developing his uh, agriculture project and they wanted to send out um, a ca camera for him because he didn't have a digital camera. Um, so they got in touch with Tanzania Development Trust and asked me if I would take this camera out because I was going to that area. So um, I did and that's how I met him. But I was so impressed by his uh, dedication um, and commitment and passion that I changed my itinerary to go and visit um, his village um, and um, also then we organized for him to become the local rep representative for Tanzania Development Trust for that area. Um, that was around three years ago and I'm, I've been visiting, I think I visited the village around six times since then mm -hmm. and I keep in very um, close contact via WhatsApp. Awesome. And Skype and email. Okay. So what are what are some of the projects that Mabonia Vijana has worked on in the past? Um. Okay. Well, so the projects that they're working on um, are... Um, one of the first projects that we did was we set up a um, microfinance group. So one time I was there... Um, one of the women came up to me at the end of a meeting that we were having um, with the village council and said, why can't we have um, a women's microfinance group? So um, I said, because it was right at the end of the meeting, oh, why don't you come and meet us at Benedicto's house um, tomorrow morning? And so she did, but she brought about 90 of her friends <laughs> and um, there was a huge demand. Uh, so I put in a sm very small amount of 
of my own money to uh, kickstart this. Mm -hmm. And then since we've had a grant from an organization called Wabia, so that microfinance has given small loans, very small loans of around um, $20 to women to enable them to start small businesses such as um, selling foodstuffs in the market or things like that. Um, but that's had a, a massive impact. One of the women that I've met since, I asked her what, the, um, what difference it had made and she said, when her eight-month-old baby was extremely ill and started excreting blood, she was able to buy medicine. And without the money from her business, she said she wouldn't have been able to do this. Because this in this village, they're subsistence farmers living on less than a dollar a day. So small loans like that make a huge difference. So the microfinance is one thing. Um, also, they've uh, Benedicto... Uh, did some fundraising and got some tools so that they can hand drill for water. Um, so it's a manual system that takes around six days to drill down by hand to, to get to the water table. And then they've taught themselves how to weld and to make uh, simple rope hand pumps. So they've put in a lot of different around nine now different boreholes to give people access to water because prior to that people were getting water from muddy ponds um, that were shared with animals so as you can imagine the level of uh, waterborne diseases was very high particularly with children. Um, they've also got a scheme about giving small loans to farmers so that they can buy better seeds um, for for. Um, farming and that's had a big impact on the um, amount of maize particularly that they were able to grow. So they've got a, a lot of different projects. Um, the main problem for them is still um, access to capital. Mm -hmm. So they have a, a, some amazing um, ideas. So they've, for example, they've dug a big hole that's going to be a fish farm. Um, they're still waiting to get sufficient money to actually um, fully line it um, and um, get a, a pump to pump it into to fill it with water and to get the fish stock. So Benedicto always has a lot of plans. Um, they're a really amazing organization. That's pretty amazing. Um, I think one thing we talked about before was um, the mapping issue and how that has mm -hmm. limited access to capital. Um, can you talk a little bit about what they've been doing to map um, their area and how, how that's been an issue? Yes, well, so when I first um, visited Zeze Village, I looked for it on Google and it didn't exist. In fact, it still doesn't exist on Google Maps. So, um, as do many of the projects that Tanzania Development Trust supports. So, I set up an initiative called Crowd to Map, which is putting rural Tanzania, villages like Zeze, into OpenStreetMap, which is uh, it's like Wikipedia for maps. Anyone can contribute. So I've recruited around 3,000 online volunteers now who are oh, wow. um, tracing roads and buildings from satellite images. 
And then people on the ground, um, like Benedicto, are adding um, points such as the name of a village, uh, the school, the clinics, um, the water points, etc., using a free smartphone app called MapsMe. Mm -hmm. And then, so we've been able to do this because um, I got a small grant from Humanitarian OpenStreetMap in June, and that allowed us to buy some smartphones in Tanzania because mm -hmm. in places like Zeze, very few people have access to smartphones. Um, so we've been training um, community mappers to map their village and map their areas. So it's to add places like um, water points, clinics, um, etc. But also we want to extend that to um, add things like land use, um, to, to add places that are critical. For example, there has been uh, there are places in Zeze where people are encroaching into the forest mm -hmm. um, and cutting down trees and so on. And Benedicto has been working very hard to try and educate the population about the the issues around um, keeping the forests, uh, particularly for things like climate change and uh, mm -hmm. diversity and so on. So they even had a climate change conference in the village recently, okay. which was pretty amazing to have it in such a location. Um, so the, the, the mapping uh, is going really well. And Benedicto was a graduate from the Institute of Rural Development Planning. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Tanzania in June, we went together to that college. So that co that college does a lot of mapping in terms of planning, but before we went, all of their mapping was just done on paper and it never got onto a computer, so it was never shared with the wider world. So now we, did, we trained them on using OpenStreetMap and MapsMe and also some other data collection methods so they've set up a youth mappers group there. So they're being uh, very, they're very keen on promoting and mapping Tanzania because they recognise that actually having access to adequate maps of your country is really fundamental for planning and development. Mm -hmm. Okay, I had uh, two follow-up questions. Um, one was. So since they have uh, smartphones, uh, or a few smartphones, how do they deal with electricity and powering them up? Okay, so um, <laughs> that is a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in places like, like um, Zeze, very few people have um, solar power, mm -hmm. but um, we've managed to raise sufficient money to have solar power in the school mm -hmm. um, so there are a, a few places within the village that people can charge up phones uh, but you have to um, it, it, it is dependent on the time of day so it's it's you, generally you can charge your phone um, when the sun is quite strong um, but at night time then the the battery the batteries lose their power and uh, you can't do anything. So it is a continual issue. We did buy some small solar lights that you can get that are 
very cheap now, cost about four or five dollars, mm-hmm. um, but that's still way beyond the, most people's reach. In fact, Benedicto set up a small scheme that people can loan um, money to get a solar light and pay it back in installments because mm-hmm. even though it's only five dollars, that people can't pay that up front. Yeah. Um, so this uh this conference this climate change conference mm-hmm. um, yep. are do they regularly have lots of meetings uh in Zeze, like sort of teaching uh people about things like climate change or um mapping yes um even though Zeze is a very difficult place to get to so i mean the it's Two hundred miles from the top, nearest tarmac road, I would say, is mm. very well. Actually, no, maybe less than that. But but it, anyway, it's not on any. It, the road is very bad, um, and yes, they do. Um, so when I was there in um, June, they were also organised a workshop um, around making wind turbines Mm -hmm. so there were some people there who um, I'd randomly been in contact with in London and suggested that they should do a pilot in Tanzania so they would they were teaching um, people to make wind turbines which was pretty cool so there were a number of uh, they had around 30 people that had come from all over Tanzania to come uh, to this workshop um, in Zeze um, and yes, Benedicto has been training people in mapping in Zeze village, but also he's travelled to many different locations to do mapping training with other people and other training with other people. Um, in August, there is a they there's always a farmers fair, um, and he was asked by his um, region to represent them. Um, and so he had an exhibition there showing the um, rope pumps that he's been manufacturing mm-hmm. um, linked to uh, simple irrigation. Because access to water is so critical in places like Zeze. People generally can only grow in the wet, in the rainy season. Mm-hmm. So all of the dry season, people cannot grow things because they don't have access to water. Mm-hmm. If you can change that, that's really the route out of poverty. Um, it, do they ever uh, sort of like store things? Um, or is it mostly like if you can't grow it, it can't be stored? No, people do. People store particularly maize um, mm-hmm. and cassava because if they didn't store it, then they would starve. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then if it's so, the, getting towards you know the end of the dry season, people are getting you know quite desperate to make sure that the the food that they've got will last. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad harvest, then you you know you're looking to having a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. So, yes, people do store things, um, but then that does mean that your diet gets more and more restrictive so you you can eat um, cassava and beans will last but in terms of vegetables it's very difficult to grow vegetables apart from in the rainy season. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen any spillover effects like uh, 
since Zeze has been pioneering all these uh, techniques, have you seen that other villages nearby have been uh, learning and doing similar things? Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, not all of the work has only been in Zeze. So um, Benedicto and Mboni Yavijana have also dug um, these hand-drilled um, boreholes in other surrounding villages. Um, and many of the things that they've be, been doing there, they've also been training. So every time I go to, to um, Zeze, there are a huge number of visitors. Um, you know, Benedicto's phone is going the whole time because... Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody wants to. Everybody wants his advice mm -hmm. about how to take those ideas forward. Um, one thing that uh, I thought was really interesting the last time we talked was that the schools were using uh, Raspberry Pi devices. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about how they've been using the Raspberry Pi devices and why? Uh, they wanted to use those uh, tools? Okay, so the, uh, I've put in a Raspberry Pi computers um, into a number of different schools in Tanzania. Um, they're, Raspberry, they're very small um, computers that have a huge amount of downloaded content. So mm -hmm. things like Wikipedia, mm -hmm. Khan Academy, Practical Action, um, things like that. So th these are schools that generally don't have electricity, they don't have very many books, quite often they don't even have science or maths teachers. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult for people to get access to the types of information that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a Raspberry Pi computer with that sort of downloaded content, it does mean that people can teach themselves um, particularly maths and science if, if they're motivated. So the Raspberry Pi, it generates a Wi-Fi signal. So if you have a, a tablet, computer, or a smartphone, or mm -hmm. a laptop, you can link to it and um, access all of the material that, that is on the Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm. So it, it's for many of the, many of the students um, in schools like this are incredibly motivated because they realize that education is the route out of poverty so mm -hmm. they they work very very hard but they often don't have access to information from books so having access to digital information can be a way forward that's really cool um, what would you say some of the challenges that are currently facing Mubonia Vajana um, well, I think their current challenge is really access to capital because mm -hmm. they always they have huge they always have a huge number of plans, um, but trying to uh, get the money to take them forward is a is a slow process. Mm -hmm. um, it's also made even slower by the fact that they when they do have some when they manage to generate some income, they quite often spend. A, quite a proportion of it in benefiting the, the community more widely. So, for mm -hmm. example, by digging boreholes for other villages that doesn't actually bring them in income mm -hmm. um, direct, directly. Um, also, because of their location and the fact they don't have any transport, mm -hmm. um, it's 
difficult to well it's difficult to get anything and there's a cost to getting anything so for example they've set up a welding workshop which mm -hmm. is going um, really well but getting the equipment there was horrendous and took a lot longer because we were they were reliant on persuading um, somebody to actually take it to take the equipment to the village um, which was also expensive and the roads are very bad um, and now they've started building um, school desks and school chairs as an income generating project which mm. is fantastic but um, to, in order to get the raw materials that's um, you have to get them from Kasulu which is 45 kilometers away mm. and so it's really only cost effective to get raw materials in uh, but to buy them in bulk mm -hmm. um and if you forget something <laughs> it's a it's a long way away oh, i mean yeah. in, in zayze village you can't buy you can buy very few things you can't buy screws or nails or all of the things that we take for granted mm -hmm. so the 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 school desks um are they planning to sell them to local villages yes okay um if if people wanted to help Mboni Yavijana, how would they go about doing it? Well, I mean, they have um, a, a site on global giving. Mm -hmm. um, so if people um, would like to, to donate, um, that would be extremely helpful. And even small amounts of money go an extremely long way. Okay. So I will send you the link. Awesome. And um, how do people uh, keep keep up with uh, what Mabonia Vajana is doing? Is there a website? Uh, yes, mm -hmm. um, we have a website and a Facebook page and uh, Twitter. So okay. I will send you all of those links. Um, Excellent. Um, I will post all of those links uh, with the podcast. Um, Thank you. Well, thank you so much uh, for talking to me today. It was really wonderful getting to hear what this community is doing. Um, thanks so much. No, thank you. Um, were there any other things that you, like last thoughts that you wanted to share with the audience? Um, only that it's been extremely, it's a great privilege to um, be working with people like Benedicto. Um, so... Every time I come back to London, I'm always just amazed that I can switch on a light and get electricity and turn on a tap and get water, and yet still I moan about things. Um, when I think back to the reality of life in villages like Zeze, I'm really amazed by the resilience of the people there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you.